just like that. The final hour is here, Friday edition. Hot My With Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. That includes on YouTube, where you can stream the show live. Join Chad in the chat. Catch all of the great programs and shows there, including the brand new show that launched uh, this week with Charlie Arnold. Outkick the morning with Charlie Arnold every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. You can go back and watch from t- today. Yesterday, when the, the show launched as well, back on Monday morning, check out Outkick the Morning with Charlie Arnold across the Outkick Network. Chad, uh, we've got Dumpster Fire of the Week in just a moment. We could easily say Kadarius Tony as an answer based on all the drops last night as Detroit wins 21-20. That was tough. That, that last drop, I, I legitimately felt bad for the guy. And yeah, Patrick Mahomes' reaction to it, I felt bad do you for go him. After, do you go, when do you approach Mahomes if you're Tony after the game? And say, hey man, don't don't ignore me if I'm back on the field. Immediately. I don't know. Yeah. I say it before we get off the field. And I'm not sure if Mahomes room. should go back to him. No, I thought that after that last drop uh, and the yeah. next pass went to someone else thing, and I probably gonna look away from him wherever he is in the formation. Tony's not one of our answers, but it is time for dumpster fire of the week. Davey Hudson also joins us. Gun show will be with us in just a moment. Uh, I think it's a pretty easy answer here based on our conversation this weekend or this week, excuse me, going into the weekend for the battle of supremacy and the rights contract for the bundle package that is Charter Spectrum and the negotiation with Disney and ESPN. Going into the weekend, as of today, ESPN, the network that will have Monday Night Football, that will have Aaron Rodgers hosting the Jets hosting the Buffalo Bills on Monday night that game will be blacked out on charter that is the leading cable provider in the New York City area and in Buffalo charter has around 15 million cable homes in the country they're not currently carrying any Disney-owned networks that includes ABC and ESPN around 800,000 cable homes in New York City are a on this charter plan, on this bundle, they will not be able to tune in and watch Monday Night Football. The leverage with this game is with ESPN and Disney right now. But I'm hoping that we see Charter hold firm because the push is going to be, and the PR move, the marketing move, is going to be all about how bad Charter is to its customers. Here's hoping they withstand the onslaught that's headed their way Monday night when Rodgers and all eyes across the country will be zeroed in on that matchup to see what happens with the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. This is a great example of when companies get so big, they truly don't care about you. <laughs> they don't. Charter and Spectrum is a great example of this. Like Disney's I, not lying when they say that. I they want them to hold firm. You, they have you already because of your Wi-Fi you're paying for through these companies. So them coming back and saying, oh, well, if you don't like it, then just go get Hulu or YouTube TV is such a slap in the face of their customers. But these companies are so big, they do not care about customer service because they're going to make money regardless, and they know it. And now we got a situation where they're actually saying it out loud. The stuff they think about in private and they talk about in boardrooms, they're saying it out loud. To their customers, and this weekend's going to be another hey, great it's case It's already happening just based on uh, the, the U.S. Open that's happening there. 
Yeah. You can't watch that based on this. So I'm going to go for my dumpster fire, the Spanish Soccer Federation brouhaha that might lead to a guy going to prison for two years for kissing a girl. Um, uh, this is insane. This is just complete insanity. And it's all something that probably could have been handled with a sincere apology. And I'm talking about Luis Rubiales and Ginny Hermoso. So for those that are unfamiliar with the story, Spain wins the Women's World Cup. And during the celebration, they're presenting the cup, they're presenting medals, they're doing all these things. The head of the Spanish Soccer Federation, the president, chairman, whatever his title is, in a moment of joy, grabs Ginny Hermoso by her face and gives her a big smack right on the lips. And afterward, he said, hey, we were caught up in the moment, this and that. Then he claimed it was consensual. To which that really pissed off Jenny Hermoso because she said, oh, no, 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 no. That was not consensual. And now charges have been filed. And now the guy faces up to two years in prison for sexual assault. This is something that probably could have been settled behind closed doors with him approaching her and saying, I was completely out of line. I am so sorry. I will issue an apology saying I was completely out of line. Know that that was just me caught up in the moment. And I'm sincerely sorry. Instead... Ego got in the way. I think people probably got to Jenny Hermoso's ear also about what she should do and how she should represent herself, even if she was really offended or really mad to begin with. I think a lot of different factors contributed to something that could have been cut off at the pass by simply apologizing. Instead, we've got an enormous dumpster fire in Spain. So for the rest of Europe, I'm sure they enjoy that. Spain, the Spanish Soccer Federation, certainly does not. Davey? Yeah, well, uh, guys, my dumpster fire of the week, something we haven't exactly talked about so far this week, but we have discussed how Clemson no longer a top-tier program. Well, I have a program that I'm about to add to that list of no longer being a blue blood, and we're talking about Kentucky basketball. And you might be saying, why Kentucky basketball? Well, the situation they have at hand is they had a recruit, a seven foot two Croatian kid, Zonavir Izovic. I'm probably butchering that, but you it doesn't it. matter. But what is Perfect happening dialect. is... He has not been admitted into Kentucky because there's like this English scoring test that they're like, ah, not accepting his. It's a cold day in hell when Kentucky does not accept a kid due to his academic fulfillments and requirements that he has or has not passed at this point. Again, this could be resolved, but all the people up in Kentucky are having a field day about this. They are not excited. And if, if they're not going to let them in, 95% of Kentucky uh, people that applied were accepted. And yet we got a guy <laughs> who's a five potential five-star candidate that's not going to be able to come there. They're already in shambles because of uh, how this recruiting class is stacked up with losing everybody last year. If they don't get this kid, could be some really rough things in the Bluegrass State. I mean, what? there's not a ton of Kentucky basketball players who showed up to play school. They've had a lot of one and dones. I'm not. I'm, I'm unfamiliar with why suddenly academics are such a priority uh, at Kentucky. Hutton, this reminds me of uh, my buddy Jake, who you know, who in the middle of Tennessee's mediocrity in the SEC or below, uh, I think there was like an ad during a game on the jumbotron for all the all academic SEC team members, and then something about like the Department of Science and what they were up to. And he turned to me and said, this is the problem. We've become too academic. That was his issue with the university <laughs> and the football program. Our problem is we've become too academic. So whenever I see anything this, for a school that's promoting their school, 
I always jokingly say, well, here's the issue. This is why they don't win enough games. This, They've become too academic. Now we can say the same about Kentucky yeah, Everyone basketball. wants to rip the opponent's player that will say something like this. But you want – I mean, if you're a diehard fan like Ohio State's Cardell Jones, we ain't come here to play school. Yeah. Classes are pointless. That's now, what you're talking keep about. Keep in mind, this was someone who is a fan of this oh, I, program. I know. That was saying about the program, we've become, too ac- we've become too academic. Too academic. This <laughs> is our problem why we can't win in football. We've become too academic. Uh, the the gun show? I, yeah, the gun show is here. Uh, speaking of academic, yeah. that's here he is. Nothing academic about this guy. Uh, Mike Gunn's double, one outkick. I was a double major. Of How course you were. You want to know something great? I was like a 3-9-4 honors courses my senior year of high school. I go to school, Fordham University in New York City. Uh, I found out that you the know, Rams go Rams. Let's go. Yep. F you Rams. Let's go. That's right. Um, I found out that, you know, you didn't really need uh, you were allowed to just drink for being a human in the Bronx. And I went from a four nine to a one six. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, three nine to a one six. Let's just say that first semester going home. Papa Guns was not happy with me. In I, the was, was a I semester was where I'll take a one six. I was top 10 percent of my high school graduating class. Yeah. A class of like 500. Got to school one semester, pledged a fraternity, had a 2.0 after one <laughs> yes. semester. Balanced man. And I was a balanced man. My ass is what they were saying. Winner is Chad with uh, what won a lot of balance there. This guy had a lot of, I was balancing kegs yes. is what I was doing. I was yeah. balancing nothing. I certainly wasn't balancing hey, academics during that time, so funny. Uh, but guns. I was on academic probation guns Uh-oh. at that point for having a 2.0. And I think I got a 4.0 the next semester. <laughs> yeah. I, def- I definitely had to pick I, it up. Yeah. I buckled down. Then I was up to three, four honors courses, two of those being AP classes. And I go to college and yeah. I have a 1.6. It was a rough holiday for sure. Hey, uh, dumpster fire there uh, with the 1.6. You have a dumpster fire of the week. You heard I mean, ours. Let's play on the word fire. Burning Man. There you go. I mean, you can't beat it. It's so hilarious just because it happened to the greatest people uh, ever. <laughs> yeah. Just the- from them showing up, remember, on the way there, there were all the climate change protesters that, like, blocked the one road in and one road out. And you just knew from then on it was just going to be an absolute mess. And it was a mess, all right. And what was even greater is the fact that you had, like, Diplo and Chris Rock. All these celebs were like, yo, peace out. They're all supposed to be quarantined and isolated. They're in the back of a pickup truck trying to get out Yeah, they're like, yo, we are out. Meanwhile, everyone's like, what am I supposed to do? Just an absolute mess. I mean, uh, it was was trending all weekend. I I just find it hilarious. I like when... I don't know what it says about me, but I like when bad things happen sometimes to people. As long as they're safe, you know? Yeah, just like uh, we, we, we discussed. Like, uh, think about like yeah. Diplo and Chris Rock with just you know, normally they have their own way to get out, right? Like they never yeah. interact. Well, imagine if this was like I'm, the other side. Yeah, and now they're in the back the of people. a pickup truck. Like, yeah, they're having to be there. What are we doing? It's funny. I, I saw the, where the video where Chris Rock is saying I, I would kill for a cold brew. Right about now, I was joking when he was in the back of the pickup truck. What if this happened at like Yellowstone Fest? Or Sturgis with all the motorcycles. Like I'm trying to think of oh, the my. music festival oh, where yeah. there would have been no issue because everyone would have had a huge truck <laughs> and just gotten right out of there yeah. and driven past people That's and true. Sturgis, helped people yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, this is probably one of the worst crowds to have any form of natural disaster hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For a Nowhere to go. You're on your own. They're just like, uh, what? But yeah. I also feel like, like the fire festival wasn't exactly survivalist, right? When everything right. went south there, also. So. Yeah. 
they weren't stuck and literally. I mean, they were stuck, but they weren't physically stuck. What's stuck into 99. the crowd? Yeah, you know, kind of yeah, comes to mind. Yeah, I, I feel like every celebrity though and every elitist should have to go through something like this. You know what I mean? Like stop with your private jets. Like see, <laughs> get stuck in the middle of a yeah, desert. It brings them try. closer to their people. Right? Yeah, the it people, brings them closer to us. We're funding you anyway. We're the one buying your albums and your tickets. Yeah. Be like us. Join us. <laughs> Chad and I are in a fantasy football league together. Okay. We don't have a punishment. Like last year, we were all in the same league okay. without kick. And I, I, you know, I actually followed through with my punishment, unlike Clay Travis. Yeah. Um, Clay doesn't even update his team. Right. right? He's, yeah. Clay, I think he had Clay will starting. join leagues and then he won't do anything with it. And well, then he'll claim mogul status this, as to why he's too busy to do it yeah. every single time. I want you to have time on the floor here. Yeah. What is the punishment for the league that you're in? And. How do you expect to follow through with this? Okay, so I'm in multiple leagues. Not nearly as much as I used to because the rise of sports betting and sports gambling has really taken away from the fantasy aspect. Now it's pretty much just a way to communicate and stay in touch with like either like my buddies now or my whole high school buddies at still. It's like we talk like only during fantasy football season and then not the rest of the year. But I'm in a league right now called Lombardi's Rejects. Shout out to them. They're all watching right now. Winners. Let's go. There Winners. Go. All right, Lombardi's Rejects. Baby. Let's go. We 1.6s. F.U. Rams. For life. F.U. Rams. Too academic. <laughs> Our punishment is, and you need a punishment. First of all, you have to figure out a punishment. You can't do it. You need, you need to yeah. have a, a reason not to It'll finish it last. It'll probably be chugging the white lightning out here. Yeah, there, yeah it's a moonshot or something. Yeah. Ours, however, is whoever finishes in last uh, has to retake the SATs live on YouTube or Twitch. You know how they, we have the old practice books from them, this and they have to brilliant. sit down for it's about four to six hours. I don't know; it's been forever, but you and you have to do it, and it's live stream. So people, can, we're going to promote it, and people are just going to be hopping in and out. Imagine learning about isosceles triangles mm. and stuff now. Or gee, do you have to study for it also, or I, can you just go in blind? I, I mean, even you go in blind, like everyone's going to see how much of an idiot you are. Oh, of course. Dude, taking the SATs down I, would be a disaster. Who came up with this in your group? Was it you? Uh, no, my buddy, Co uh, the commissioner actually did. So I got to give props for props too. But that's a good one. Shout out to the commish. That no, is brilliant. Yeah, and you have to. Like, it's the boys. A couple of them are musicians and stuff, lead singers. Like, you have to do it. Otherwise, you're going to get called out. Earmost from the, for the kids out there. I mean, what is the purpose of this standardized test? <laughs> I've never been asked to show my <laughs> diploma. But I had to take this test in order to go to college. Since going to college, I've never had to cite my I, I ACT triangle. School. I haven't thought about since my junior year of high school. Like that's how important it is in my life. But yeah. yet I had to know it for this test in order to continue my life beyond the high school diploma, which I've never been asked. I mean, for. I can, Other, I can barely read. The only diploma I had to show was that I graduated high school to get into college. Yeah, that's it. Unbelievable. I mean, did you imagine? Think about the SATs. It's like word associate. Like. I'm on, I'm on camera. I'm with you guys. We're on air, et cetera. I crush it with everything I do in life. You do. I you had a 1.6 at Fordham. <laughs> I, I mean, who needed it? I graduated with like a three-something, but still, yeah. I had nothing to sure. do with the SATs. Yeah. <laughs> but like those, those, uh, those, those ruler things that you had, geometry. Like, no, I don't need that. So anyway, that is a great punishment, though. But it also it goes is. to show just be, you know, find a craft. Find a different craft in the SATs and you'll be just fine. Unless you, you are a doctor or something specific to your degree that you have to be trained in. Right, yeah. I really think college is just a test for employers to see if you can complete a task. <laughs> 
start to finish no. in a long well, period of time. That's, yeah. And yeah. that's it. They don't care about your GPA. Yeah. They don't care what honor society you were in or what extracurriculars you had. It's all about can you show up on time, yeah. take these allotted tests. Are you a balanced man? Fill, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, did you accept you the $1,000 scholarship and then not pledge? <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, can you be I like did. Chad and uh, rates to 4 a.m. and make your internship at 8 a.m.? Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, That's what you got to do. just drop yeah. classes right before the first exam and then try to take two more the next time. The other oh, – real quick, the other uh, – so I've, I've been in multiple leagues, obviously, throughout my life. The other one that was really great is uh, – the loser had to get a tattoo, and it had to be at least an inch in diameter. And the champion, uh, the commissioner, whoever won, it wasn't commissioner that year, but the champion ended up, uh, you had to get whatever they told you to get. And needless to say, it was uh, male genitalia is on my buddy. Uh, wow. Ker- is on my buddy wow. Ker- Kerwin's. I hope uh, he's got a lot of other on, tattoos. On his, on his body. Oh, no, this is the only one he's got. And oh, <laughs> man. But it give, that's the incentive is it a tramp not stamp to as lose. Well? <laughs> Unreal. Guns, you brought it, man. That's you how bring we bring the roll. energy every time. Let's Great go, job. baby. Hop on down to Friday. Bowling. Coming up. NFL Chad Withrow's top first college football games also. of the weekend. <laughs> Let's bring the energy. Weekend is here. Let's go. Bowling. Let's go. Really fast-paced show today, getting to the football weekend. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Join us on YouTube. We say thank you to the great radio partners carrying the show. Join chat, uh, chat in the chat. And uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Search out Outkick. Pound the like button. And uh, you can also hit that clock, the alarm clock. It will allow you to get some updates whenever we go live and any show across uh, the Outkick Network. Just uh, pretend, Hutton, when you're in that YouTube page, yeah. that it's like you're in a cockpit in a plane, and the captain just lets you just right. hit everything, every lever. Just click on click everything. Click on everything. Except unsubscribe. Don't click on the unsubscribe if you're subscribed, but literally everything else. Uh, there's also a thumbs down button. Don't click that. But everything else, thumbs up, uh, share it. Subscribe if you're not. The bell. Yeah, do everything. Heart. There's hearts next to the, That's the what I should, post. Can I just say just, do everything? Do all, just do everything. Yeah. Search that out. Kick, do That'd everything. That'd be a good t-shirt. Do everything. Uh, you know what? We'll do it all. There are 10 games that you have to watch. Not do, but watch. Uh, or do watch. And it's time for Withrow's top 10 games of the college football weekend. Need more reasons to watch college football? It's time to bang some hats. Here's Chad Withrow's must-see games this weekend. It is definitely time to bang some hats this weekend. Yes. You know where they're going to be banging some hats? And I'm talking old-school fashion. Go ahead. Iowa at Iowa State, the Cy-Hawk game. Already? This is one. Oh, yeah. They meet very early <laughs> in the year. Non-conference. They decide to get in there. and The kickers take the unders in this game. For three yards and a cloud of dust. <laughs> tight ends get the game plan. They say, yep, going under again. Yep, double tight. Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator at Iowa, needs to average 25 points per game or better for him to keep his job. I love this. This is the end of the Nepo baby, Brian Ferentz. He scored 24 in week one against Utah State. The final score of last year's Cy Hawk game was 10-7. to Iowa State won in Iowa City. They have to have seven wins as well. This game, yeah. part of this. This game is in Ames, Iowa. Uh, Battle of Cade McNamara versus redshirt freshman Rocco Becht will be the starting quarterback for Iowa State. Cade McNamara, former Michigan quarterback. This is always an eventful rivalry game. It's been low scoring in recent years. I expect it to be so again. 
game number 10. That game is at 3.30 Eastern time on Fox. Great games this week. I'm glad you included this one. Yeah, and I mentioned yesterday some of the ones that did not make the cut, which are good games. Here's one that did make the cut. Number nine, Utah at Baylor. Baylor trying to come back after a devastating week one loss to Texas State where they just got handled. was nothing fluky about it. Texas State was better. I think Baylor's better than what they showed. Blake Shapin out for Baylor at quarterback. Sawyer Robinson actually put up some pretty good stats when he came in. He'll get the start in this one. He will take on the two-headed quarterback monster of Bryson Barnes and Nate Johnson for Utah. They are both filling in, of course, for Cam Rising, the great Utes quarterback. Did a great job against Florida. Um, You're going to see Nate Johnson run it, Bryson Barnes throw it for the most part. Utah, very physical team. Eight-point favorite on the road in Waco against Baylor. This is the noon Eastern time, 11 a.m. Central ESPN uh, uh, kickoff. This is a battle to backups with quarterbacks in this game. Game number eight. Let's go a little bi-coastal action. SEC meet ACC. That's right. California will be in the ACC next year. <laughs> Auburn at Cal. This is your classic SEC-ACC matchup that you want to see. Forget South Carolina, North Carolina. Nothing screams SEC-ACC like Auburn-Cal. This game in Berkeley. Cal's offense, which they have not been known for offense under Justin Wilcox, really good in week one. They scored 58 points in a win at North Texas. I thought that game would be a lot closer. I thought North Texas might win at home. They're going to be a contender in the AAC, but no, didn't happen. Cal looked great. Justin Wilcox may have his best defense there. And for Auburn, that was the big question mark. They didn't score any points under Brian Harson, So they went out in their opener and scored 59 against a UMass team who'd already played a game. Peyton Thorne, good ground game for Auburn in week one. Exciting matchup. Hutton, this is your Pac-12 after dark game. I really like this game. 9.30 Central Time on ESPN. Cal rushed for 350 yards on like 50 carries a week ago against North Texas on the road. And an interesting note here, you've got Sam Jackson, the quarterback at Cal, who's a transfer from TCU, and Peyton Thorne, who's a transfer from Michigan State at Auburn. They were high school teammates. Thorne was the quarterback whenever Jackson played wide receiver and then took over for Thorne. So enjoy. And an interesting matchup on the West Coast where they're from. Game number seven. Colin's about to get very excited. His Notre Dame Fighting Irish, number 10 in the country, going on the road to take on NC State. Noon Eastern time, 11 a.m. Central on ABC. Notre Dame, a seven and a half point favorite. Sorry, I thought this would be higher on your list, Jeff. There's some really good games this week, as we're going to find out on the week with the games that are higher on, on the list. Are the Irish for real? That's really the big question mark, right? Look great against Navy in Dublin. Uh, did whatever they wanted against TSU in a 56-3 yeah. win. Sam Hartman, clearly an upgrade at quarterback. Sam Hartman in the ACC a year ago at Wake Forest threw for 400 yards and two touchdowns against NC State. Kelly and Vegas pointed out also had some turnover problems against this NC State defense. Brennan Armstrong in from Virginia, the quarterback at State, did not look great passing the ball against UConn. Did run it well. He's a good athlete, good running quarterback. NC State ran it pretty well. Good defense for NC State. I really like the Irish in this game. Sam Hartman has thrown more picks against NC State than any opponent in his career. And I don't know how you evaluate, even if you're Freeman, how you evaluate 98-6 to 
in the first two games with your opponents. Yeah. I don't know how you know what has worked well and what hasn't based on the speed on the field that they should see more of from the Wolfpack. You feel like this will be the first time they really face adversity at some point, even if they win pulling away. They're going to face some adversity at NC State. I like Notre Dame. I like Notre Dame to cover this also. I really like Notre Dame early this season, period. Game number six, Wisconsin. Brooke isn't here, but she'd be excited about this one. Wisconsin at Washington State in the Palouse. Wisconsin coming in ranked 19th, six-point favorite. This game is 7.30 Eastern time on ABC. Tanner Mordecai, not very good in the opener for Luke Fickle at Wisconsin. Two interceptions, shaky. Defense was shaky in this game. That's very uncharacteristic for Wisconsin to have shaky defense. They had that in game one against Buffalo, a 38-17 win for the Badgers. Cam Ward is the story for Washington State. Great quarterback play. They won this game in Madison a year ago, 17-14. I expect a higher scoring game in this one. Wisconsin a year ago, Hutton, in this matchup, three turnovers, 11 penalties in the game, Mm. leading to a 17-14 loss. Got to clean that up if they're going to have a chance at Washington State. And Wisconsin had two turnovers and no sacks against Buffalo. So what happens here? This is going to be a crazy atmosphere. Best non-conference game on their schedule. Yep. And uh, this is upset alert. I like Wisconsin. I like Fickle. This is still upset alert to keep an eye on. Sneaky game. I'm glad it's high on your list. Hutton, another game that's going to have an incredible atmosphere is my fifth game of the week. Game number five in my top 10 college football games of the week. Number 13, Oregon, going to Lubbock Mm. to take on Texas Tech. This game, 7 Eastern, 6 Central on Fox. This place is going to be hopping. Tell you who else is going to be hopping. Tyler Shook facing his old team. He was supposed to be an Oregon Duck legend when he was the quarterback there. Didn't work out. He's now at Texas Tech. Week one didn't work out for the Red Raiders. Leading 17-0, they lose in double overtime in Laramie to Wyoming. Looking to improve on that. Oregon scored 81 points. Could have scored over 100 in week one against Portland State. Um, This is the Tyler Shuck reunion tour game. I like Texas Tech Mm. and this one to bounce back. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere. Night in Lubbock is always something to see. And we're going to be watching this one on Fox. What do you think about the quarterback at Oregon here? I think uh, I think Bo Nix is going to have something to he say about it, that also. Uh, Shook should have been the led the next legend and at Bo Oregon. Bo Nix should have been the legend at Auburn, and then went to Oregon yeah. to become a legend to reach legendary status. I, I I want Texas Tech to play well here. I like the Ducks. I think we're sleeping on Oregon this season. I'm I'm sticking true to my Big Twelve champion pick with Texas Tech. I'm I, hoping I picked Oregon. They to win pull the it together, <laughs> yeah, and hoping they pull it. I picked Washington. Hope they pull it together this week against the Oregon Duck. Going to be a good game hey, regardless. First Power Five opponent that Texas Tech has hosted since 2017. It's been a while. Non-conference, Power non-conference, Five, non-conference. Yeah, non-conference. Yeah. That's great. Game number four, Hutton. This is a, a Power Five Here opponent go. going somewhere you don't normally see a Power Five opponent go to, and that is in New Orleans. Tulane, 24th in the country, hosting 20th-ranked Ole Miss. The Rebels. A seven and a half point favorite in this game. Three thirty Eastern Time, two thirty Central, on ESPN two. Michael Pratt, the epitome of efficiency, the quarterback for Tulane in his first game. Fourteen of fifteen, two hundred ninety four yards, four TDs. That's like I don't know what how they do QBR when it goes over a hundred. That's like hundred and seventy eight or something thousand 
uh, QBR for, for him in that point game. Point something. Yeah, t- terrific. 178.4. Yeah. .99999 <laughs> for him. Uh, about a perfect performance for Pratt yeah. in Tulane against South Alabama. Jackson Dart was pretty damn good also. 18 of 23, 334, four touchdowns in a game you knew Ole Miss was going to win against Mercer, but he was fantastic. Tulane's defense, though, five sacks, five takeaways in week one against South Alabama. Something to watch in this one. Dangerous game for Ole Miss. It's going to be a cool atmosphere in this one as Tulane hosts them. Excited for this one, my fourth game of the week. Game number three. Number 23, Texas A&M at Miami. This game was a snooze fest a year ago. It was A&M coming off that disappointing loss to Appalachian State. I think they won something like 17-9 in College Station. 17-3 for a long time yeah. in that game. I think this game's going to be better this year down in Miami. A&M put up 52 points after not scoring more than 28 against any FBS team a year ago until they beat LSU in the last week of the season. Maybe that offensive explosion against LSU was a sign of things to come because they put up those 52 in week one. Then you have Miami. Their defense is legit. Good line play on both offensive line and their defensive line. Maybe two of the best safeties, the best safety duo that A&M is going to see all year they'll face in this Miami game. Really good game, Hutton. As I said, you were surprised number seven was NC State Notre Dame. Some really good games ahead of them, including this one. I like Miami, believe it or not. You're going with the Canes. Game number two. This is the celebrity game of the week. Big noon kickoff is in Boulder. Everybody's going to be watching. Nebraska at Colorado. If you got two games to bracket today, it's my number two game. This is it. And then my number one game, which we will get to, Nebraska. Um, Here's something to keep in mind about Colorado, okay? They gave up over seven yards per carry against TCU. Nebraska can run the football, and they can run it with their quarterback also in Jeff Sims. So offensively, they can't. They don't have the firepower of Colorado. They don't have a Travis Hunter. They don't have Shador Sanders throwing the ball. Jeff Sims, not great throwing in week one against Minnesota. It won't be against Hunter either. Can they turn out yards on the ground, though? Because we've seen Colorado's defense is susceptible to giving up big chunks on the ground. If they can do that, they can control the clock, sort of an old-school Huskers approach. Can they keep this thing close down to the end? I think they can. Does Colorado come back down to earth a bit this week? Regardless, Hutton, we're going to be watching. And we're going to be watching everything Deion Sanders does. Post game will be epic, regardless. And he's going to have a lot to say. We're going to have a lot to say about this game on Monday also. Game number one, no surprise. The by God, Texas Longhorns. Number 11 in the country. Going to Tuscaloosa. Taking on number three, Alabama. Everybody's doing the upside down horns (laughs) this week. Uh, Airbnbs are going for $40,000, apparently, in Alabama right now. If you're staying there. You could have bought uh, probably a Ford Expedition for the amount that you're spending on your house in in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So congrats on that decision. Going to be a great atmosphere. Texas must bomb away in this one. Xavier Worthy, five catches for 97 yards a year ago before Quinn Ewers went out of the game. Keep that in mind. Adonai Mitchell, great weapon on the outside also for Texas. D-line and O-line, Bama should control both of those in this game. If they do, I think Bama could possibly roll in this one, Hutton. They feel underappreciated. You don't want a Saban team when they feel disrespected, underappreciated. That may very well be this Bama team. Bama hosting Texas 
primetime tomorrow night. Back to bully ball is what they're doing with Tommy Reese's offense at Alabama. Two tight ends. Didn't see much of that with Bill O'Brien. You're getting that now, and it comes down to can Texas's defensive line, which is stout, hold up against and, and get pressure on Milrow, get him on the move where he's not looking to throw, he's looking to run whenever he's on the move, and disrupt any rhythm that the Bama offense has with the run game. The game comes down to that, and it's time for Quinn Ewers, who had a great first quarter before he got hurt a year ago, to throw downfield and hit some bombs. Some explosive plays, Chad. He was 0 for 7 on passes beyond 20 yards and that's a their, week ago. That's their chance in this game is to hit some explosive plays with those wide receivers. Worthy, Mitchell, they got to make some big ones. Worthy against Kool-Aid McKinstry. But I think it's the big ones that win this game. And I'm talking about the big guys up front for Bama. I can't wait for this. Yep. Uh, Sweat, Ford, others on Texas's defense better come to play. Hook them. That's my pick. Get ready to bang some hats. We've got other picks straight ahead headed into the football weekend here on Hot Mike. It's not if you lose, it's how you lose. It's also how you win. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on. Chad, if Texas goes on the road and wins, we don't know how. What's the perception on Monday about the Longhorns program with Sarkeesian, Ewers, and where they're headed with Arch Manning? Two words. They're back. It's the the website simple. changes. This is, if you remember uh, Tom Herman's, I want to say second year, they beat Georgia yep. in a comeback win in the Sugar Bowl, I think it was. And people were de- declaring that they're back at that moment, that it didn't work out for Tom Herman, and then throw all that out. If they go on the road and beat Alabama with the way they're recruiting, knowing that after Quinn Ewers, you've got Arch Manning, they're back. And they're joining the SEC. Also, get ready for more games like this. This is about to be their reality. This is a nice preview for Texas about what – a lot of weeks are going to be like in the SEC. I, I realize scheduling plays a factor here, but are we ever going to talk about Oklahoma? They're also joining the SEC. Well, in Oklahoma, I mean, all they did this first week was win 73 to nothing Made against Butch Arkansas cry. State. Yeah. He yeah. had to be consoled by one of his players. <laughs> Can you imagine if uh, I'm out there coaching 8U softball and one of my girls had to console me when I'm just down on a knee uh, not because only of that, a loss? Someone that you had on the bench was consoling you, a bench warmer just wound a little too tight. Davey Hudson is not that way. He joins us for our uh, thoughts going into the weekend. And uh, wrong team favored where we're keeping up with some points here. Uh, I took Florida State over LSU. I took the points, two and a half points over LSU. So uh, based on the victory, winning outright, I get my two and a half here. Uh, Davey, how did everyone else fare yesterday, last weekend? Excuse me. Not good, Bob. Okay. <laughs> not, not good. Yeah, I know. Chad ended up uh, having the Gamecocks didn't look well against Tar Heels, and I took the uh, Rainbow Warriors thinking, hey, they might be able to put up a fight against Stanford. That uh, was not the case, as we know. The Pac-12 went 13-0 and last week. But uh, this week, you know, Chad, you and I, I think we can, uh, we can get back uh, it's, it's, on the right side here. There's always time to come back. You guys are not with me, clearly. I can, I can tell. I, uh, set there's the parameters always, for what we're doing. There's always time to make yes. a comeback, Hudson. So, for wrong team favor, the object of the game is you have to take a – underdog in college football and whatever they are against the spread. So for instance, like last week with Florida state being a two and a half point dog, if Florida state upsets LSU, like they did Hutton would get two and a half points to his yep. yearly total. So 
With him being the only winner, he has two and a half points. Chad and I are sitting with goose eggs at the moment. Shall so, we go on to week two? Absolutely. And uh, Hutton, you will. Uh, you have the honors. You have the floor, sir, as the only person to actually win your pick in week one. I'm taking Texas to go on the road and win in Tuscaloosa. Ooh. And uh, I'm wearing the burnt orange today uh, with cricket for a reason. I'm taking the seven points. I'm going to add to this with nine and a half when I return on, on Monday uh, because – Last year, we saw Bryce Young. He was a magician. He was the superstar and a superhero. That was with Alabama's 15 penalties and with Quinn Ewers getting hurt after the first quarter. It is time for that same effect to happen for the Longhorns offense and Ewers. Go on the road in this atmosphere and win. And win against a team that Saban hasn't been preaching, here's how we win a national championship. That's what he's done in recent years. But in listening to Cole Kubelik, who was on the call and, and was in Tuscaloosa this, this offseason, talking with Saban and watching practice, the message has been, here's how you beat the man in front of you, instead of here's the path to winning a title. They're back to figuring out things and what was, and it's a joke, what was a rebuilding, uh, refreshing year after not making it to the playoff a year ago. Texas needs to get back on track. And I think for the first time in maybe 10-plus years, Texas's starting lineup compared to Alabama's is comparable. More comparable than it's been and as close as it's been since, what, 2007-ish? Around there. I'm taking the Longhorns on the road to win, and it's, it's because of the quarterback, it's because of the defensive line effort that Texas will need against a stout front from Bama and just the playmakers around. I think they're okay at running back with Texas, even though they lose Bijan Robinson. I think they're okay with the freshman that's running it well. Give me Texas in a big moment. It's a tight one. I'm a nail-biter when it comes to this game. I think Texas wins. I've got a feeling a reckoning is coming. I, I want to hear why. But Hutton, you're, I mean, you may be right. I may be wrong on where the reckoning is coming from. The reckoning could be Texas announcing I, their presence in the SEC with authority in this game. I actually believe they're developing their talent on the Longhorns roster behind the behind the program now, unlike recent years. Many have been led astray by believing in the Longhorns over the years, but Hutton is a believer. And we will and all Brooks. be believers if they win. Baxter and Brooks if go they, off. If they pull off the upset, we'll all be believers. I'm going to sit right here right now and tell you that we're all going to be believers in what Clark Lee is doing. Oh at Vanderbilt after this weekend. Vandy, I'm going big. Go. Minus 10, or excuse me, Wake Forest is minus 10. Vandy, a 10-point underdog at Wake Forest. This is the rare 10 a.m. Central time kickoff. This game is at 10 a.m. Central, wow. 11 Eastern. I didn't know games started that early until I saw this one. On ESPN2, I think it's the network, Vandy at Wake Forest, I think Vandy's improved. I think they got a good, solid SEC-level wide receivers. I think they got a quarterback who can throw it a little bit. I think their line play is not good from what I've seen so far. Um, but I think that they're good enough to go on the road and beat Wake Forest without Sam Hartman. This isn't, Sam, this isn't Wake Forest a year ago that rolled into Vandy and destroyed the Commodores. And I think this Vandy team is, is a little bit better. I like Vandy to go on the road and win outright. At Wake Forest. Wrong team's favored in this one. The battle of the black and gold. The These are two schools that never say they've become too academic, Hutton. They don't claim that like other big football powers. They're always Very just academic enough. Well. 
similar mascots, everything very similar. Vandy, though, goes on the road and beats Wake Forest. Get some Commodores with your coffee tomorrow morning. That's right. Pac-12 after dark, Commodores and coffee. Coffee and Commodores at 10 (laughs) a.m. They're just avoiding the rain, by the way. The rain is moving out around like 8.30 tomorrow morning. Oh, for Wake Forest, nice. so they imagine that in a downpour. Might wake up for halftime. <laughs> um, guys, for my pick, you know, when these two teams meet, you just throw out the records. Yeah. You got to look at the rivalry, the Iowa Hawkeyes versus the Iowa State Cyclones. Iowa State, a four-point dog going into this one. This game will be taking place at Ames. I just can't trust Brian Ferris to be able to put up some points, and I know Iowa State, not as good as they were last year. They were able to uh, win 10-7. to Chad, I think you mentioned it in your top 10 games. It's going to be a low-scoring affair. That's just what you have to expect between these two teams. But I, I think Iowa's going to make a mistake where it ultimately costs them. And again, whenever it's such a low-scoring game, you can't afford that opportunity. And Cade McNamara also a little banged up. So you look at that. If Iowa wants to win this game, they're going to have to do it on the ground. And right now, I just don't think they're going to ultimately be able to go into Ames and pull off the victory on this one. So I am taking Iowa State. They are the wrong team favored in this matchup. I love this pick. I would absolutely go with the home underdog in this one, too, in Iowa State. How many points here? Four. Four. Yeah. Oh, that's that's perfect. And you have Brian Ferentz. He comes into the season needing an average 25. Yeah. But as he scores lower, that average needs to go up game by game in order to get to the average of 25. And I think it'll get to the point he just starts pressing. And when they do that with this offense, that's when they're going to make that mistake. <laughs> I'm just imagining. I, I haven't seen their schedule to see like what um, oh. easy game. They just beat no. Utah State by 10. But if, if they a, have an easy opponent. If there's a pick six, does that count in his favor? No, oh, yeah. it's not the offense. No, I, The offense didn't score? No, I think it's just the team has to score 25-plus. Oh. I think any defensive score goes contract, to his. Again, you know, I, it's like, how yeah, no, that, that would be extreme. Like, I think if they if the team scores 25-plus, regard, I mean, they could have four pick sixes, and he could cover the 25, and he would still be safe. It I, doesn't count. I no. want to see them if no. they, uh, like, well, it counts I want to see him battle dad in a game where they're blowing someone out, and they're trying to pull the starters. He's like, Keep no, 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 no. This all counts. <laughs> my, my clock is ticking. My meter is running, baby. We got to get up to 70 in this game against an FCS uh, opponent. Because I got it. That's going to help with my average overall. You can join us uh, through our, our college uh, wagers, and if you haven't taken your shot with points bet, now is the the perfect moment to do so. Big reason is exclusively for first time points bet users. You can take advantage of this unique offer. You place an initial bet of fifty dollars or more on any game. Maybe it's one of the three we just mentioned. Maybe some of the NFL matchups we're we're playing as well. Receive an official jersey from Fanatics.com. If jerseys aren't your thing, you can opt to take $150 in credit to Fanatics. You can load up on gear that you really want. Remember, terms and conditions apply. You've got to be 21 or older, legal gambling states. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. And if you're ready to get in the game, head over to outkick.com bet to snag the offer and discover more options and deals from partner sportsbooks. Uh, we head to the NFL with our Moneyline Locks and uh, the money makers that we're playing in week one. It's difficult to really pick who's good, who's not. Really bad teams can get a win this week. The team with the number one overall pick next year can win this week, believe it or not. Uh, And we've each got our money makers going into the weekend. I I, I mentioned it with Kelly in Vegas. Give me Atlanta, minus three and a half. I feel really good about this. Bryce Young, good quarterback, not ideal situation with Adam Thielen 
who is questionable. DJ Chark is out. And while they have a run game and they have a defense that was young and now veterans are moving up the ladder, that has been an issue. The offensive line up front has been an issue to the preseason. Meanwhile, at, no team did more to try to improve their defense than the Atlanta Falcons. And on the offensive side, Ritter starts with plenty of talent around him. Run game, Bijan Robinson, Arthur Smith is looking for a Tannehill-like performance this season from Desmond Ritter. I like Atlanta laying the points against the divisional opponent, which I know Kelly said, don't do. I'm doing it because of this matchup. First career start for the rookie and the record for number one overall picks over the last 20 years. 14 number one overall picks in 20 years yet to win against the spread. That's why I'm taking Atlanta at home in week one. Hutton, I like that one. What What is the line on that Titans? Uh, excuse me, what is the over-under on Titans Saints? Not 40, the line. 41 and a half, and it's one of three games at that line. It's not the lowest. The lowest is Arizona-Washington at 38 and a half. Saints are three-point favorite as well. Um, take the under. I don't even care what the number is. It's, it's going to be a low-scoring uh, defensive affair. Um, that's a low over-under, but I'm still locking in the under on Titan Saints on Sunday. The, the largest uh, over-under, by the way, um, just scanning through quickly, Cincinnati-Cleveland at 47.5, and, and Jacksonville Indy, 46.5. Mm. They're expecting that to be uh, quite the, uh, the touchdown fest, I'm guessing, with Jacksonville. I would hope it's not because of Anthony Richardson and wide receivers that I'm, I don't know if the common fan knows about other than Michael Pittman. Davey, what you got? Guys, for my moneymaker, I did put this in earlier this morning. This line is going to be moving with the news that Christian Watson is out, but I'm all in on the Chicago Bears covering. I mean, it's only a one-point game when I'm locked in, but they're going to beat the Green Bay Packers. I don't know who Jordan Love's going to throw it to, let alone I don't know if he can throw it to begin with. So you add that in, I think the Bears are actually going to be able to make that jump. They're not going to win the division, but they are going to be pushing to make the playoffs this year. Justin Fields Going to do enough with his legs. We'll see if he makes that next step with his accuracy, if he's able to actually put it together in that compartment. But right now, I know the history is on the Packers' side, but if you look in your Chicago, you know who you're not seeing across the field from you this go-around? That's Aaron Rodgers. No Aaron Rodgers, no thanks on the Green Bay Packers for me. So I'm going with Chicago Bears, minus one. Lock it in. Davey does not believe that Jordan Love inherited ownership of the Chicago Bears from Aaron Rodgers on his way out. If they, there was if, no familial tie the, there. There was no inheritance. No deed was signed. No deed. Yep. He didn't bequeath anything to him as he Justin left. Justin Fields needs to show up and show out in this game. He does. And he's certainly capable of it. But based on the matchups and given the fact that, and just looking at their depth chart, Jaden Reed, who's a second-round pick rookie from Michigan State, um, with no Christian Watson and who knows about Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed is the third wide receiver listed for Jordan Love, who has appeared in 10 games and has three touchdowns and three interceptions. Here's what I do know. On Monday, win or lose, we're going to be discussing Colorado and Deion Sanders. We're going to be discussing all of it on Monday. A lot to get to. Texas, will Hutton still be wearing that burnt orange shirt come Monday? That's another question that will be answered. Could be a long weekend. Join all us. <laughs> 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Will Hutton have bathed? Weekdays. By Monday. Here on the Cross of the Outkick Network. Have a great weekend. Probably not.